Jungle. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the greatest spectacle is being brought to you with Julie Chewbacca Fairy, Anthony A.J. Lujan, Clifford Red John Miller, and this is Get the K.O. Welcome everybody to the greatest MMA podcast currently playing on your radio. And I would also like to say it's the greatest podcast on Brinking Culture. You know it as Get the KO. And I am your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. And with me are always my lovely co-hosts. First, Mr. Anthony A.J. Lujan. Say what up. First off, you can call me Lou, but fight me! I love that I keep calling you AJ, and then you literally just tell people to call you Lou. It's Lou. And secondly, as she is returning from her kitty cat conundrum, Miss Julie Jubaka. What's up, y'all? I have oh, headphones again. We don't I guess you could call it a everybody. catastrophic incident. We miss you, Julie. (laughs) Sorry about some fucking fights. Yeah, so let's talk about some fights, right? Some, in Julie's words, fucking fights. Uh, So we're going to break it down. We'll just give you guys kind of the outline of what we're going to have. So we have uh, UFC on. Uh, UFC on ESPN5, we have 1FC, we're going to uh, talk about the uh, Fight Night 156, 156, and then we'll have some other stuff to kind of talk about. Psych! That's really the lineup. So, with that being said, let's just jump right into it. So, with our first fight of the night, we're going to talk about the prelim card first, guys. Just want to give that out there, okay? And then get your thoughts on it. Uh, we had Miranda Granger versus Han- Hannah Goldie. Um, there was no knockdowns. Uh, Miranda came in at 77 of 162, 61 of 143 for significant strikes. Hannah was at 58 of 170 and, uh, 55 on 166 in her significant strikes. Uh, this went to decision and the decision went to Miranda. Did you guys happen to see this fight or even check out like some of the highlights? Um, yes, a little bit. Um, it was interesting. I was kind of in now. There's a lot of stuff going on this weekend, so trying to pay attention to fights was a little hard. But um, no, I I enjoyed it. Oh yeah, no idea. Well, I don't know. We'll give it up. We'll give it this right. So before we really kind of deep dive, I was at a wrestling event this weekend, so I really had to catch up on all the fights Sunday, and it is very hard to like download all that stuff and like watch it on espn so i was like trying my best (laughs) to watch all the fights all over again so yeah but this was an entertaining fight though i will have to put it out there yeah anthony what do you think what i think oh sorry i was reading i was pulling up the stats yeah no it was entertaining um i don't know um I I I wanted a little more um 
I don't know. I I, I, I liked it, but have you ever gotten we wanted more out of a fight? Yeah, I definitely that's I kind, where I'm coming from. That that's kind of what it is. That's what I have in my notes. I was pulling my notes up, so that's what it was. <laughs> I, I have that as just of like um good question mark. I would like to see more was all I said on that. So I think that's kind of the best way to explain that for at least as far as my point of view, as far as both these fighters, I haven't yeah. seen enough of them, so I don't really have a good, I don't know. Yeah. That sounds so shitty. I didn't pay that well of enough attention to the fight. Apparently. Yeah. It, it is kind of what it is. Um, the one thing I do kind of want to say though, on this fight though, was that, um, the scorecard had it 30, 27, 30, 27, 30, 27, as I said, unanimous decision all for Miranda. I agreed with it as well. I thought it was 30-27. Like I said, I thought Miranda was very... She threw a lot in the fight. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she seemed like she was the most active fighter. So that's why I was like, yeah, I'd have to give it to her. Anthony, did you happen to see this fight? I did not. I did not get into the fights until... I think it was... The middle of the Shevchenko fight. I think that was the last. That was when I f- actually got into it. Okay. Yep. Do you want to? Do you want to just quickly go up and uh, uh, review these next couple fights quick, say the results, and we'll just go right up to the Shevchenko since Anthony would be able to contribute on that one. Yep. We'll definitely roll that way. So we had Claudia Silva uh, Silva versus Cole Williams. This was a first round submission. Um, two thirty five in the first round. Um to give you guys the heads up. It was a rear naked choke that was put in. Uh, Lauren Murphy versus Mara Romero uh, Bolera. Um, this was a third round TKO knees and elbows. And then in the flyweight division, Matt Chanel beat Jordan Espinosa with a submission triangle in the first round. So that was pretty cool. So we're going to jump up. This is, this is uh, <laughs> I love it. that was pretty cool. <laughs> like, this is Anthony's. This is Anthony's. Like, I feel like this is like Anthony. Like, anytime this name gets mentioned, he instantly listens, right? And I don't even just mean like Ooh, yeah. this person individually, <laughs> just a last name. So, and a, and a um, I'll, okay, hold on. I'm gonna pause right there. Why? We all know Valentina's my wife, so I mean, you can fanboy all you want, but. That's my woman. That's his thing. He fanboys. Um, Antonia Shoshenko versus Lucille uh, Pudilova. Uh, technical submission. Rear naked yeah. choke. Second round. A minute Them 20. Them Shevchenko chicks. Yeah. They are I, I, brutal. I wouldn't want to talk shit to either one of them. I talk shit to people in the bar. I wouldn't want to talk shit to either one of them. i that right now. Don't matter how much tequila in me. I'd be like, well, uh, I'm gonna get my ass kicked by you. I'm gonna walk over there. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's the one thing. I want Anthony's opinion because I know how much he's gonna be he's drooling on the other side of this just waiting to talk about it. So go on, Anthony, give your opinion about the Shoshenkos. I'm really not. Like I, I'm I'm excited that that we have we have, we have the Sergio Pettis and Anthony Pettis. We have the the, the little little nog big nog brothers and you have a few but now we have sisters doing it how awesome is that i mean yeah valentina who beat uh amanda nunez even though she got the 
lost by the judges, but I still, she says that, uh, that, uh, Valentina beat Amanda Nunez in their last fight. But now she has her little sister out here tearing this, tearing that shit up. How cool is that? For real. No, that's lit. I'm going to be 100% honest. It's 100% lit. I'm excited to see both the Shoshenko sisters, like, doing very well. Stop. And I know recently, right? Stop. Think about this. Think about this. Because it just dawned on me. What if they both were to hold gold at the same time? Bro, are you, yeah. are you suggesting? Are you suggesting that the Shoshenko sisters could be the Williams sisters of the MMA world? Okay, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we'll go I feel with like that. That's what you're saying. We'll go with. That. I'm just saying. Regardless, like, I mean, I'm a big fan in wrestling when brothers or teams all get a chance to get a taste of gold, but realistically, when you think about it in real life sports, you know what I mean? To have two sisters to be able to be so well versed in their craft to both hold a title and, and think about it. They would be like the first sister pair to both oh. hold gold in the UFC. If I'm correct. Correct. Like, I don't remember that ever happening considering yes. how little of a UFC woman's history we have. So think You're about correct. that. Think about that, you know? That'd be so dope. If she keeps this if she keeps tearing up like she is. Oh. Oh. Yes. Give it to me tomorrow. No, you're <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I'm just like having a freak out. That's all it is. I'm just having a freak out of the idea of the two of them holding belts. No, that would be I mean, an awesome I hope. I hope even if it even if it would be like at the end of Valentina and it's the beginning of her sister's rise, I'd still even be happy with that. Cuz yeah, I don't they think a, they both do that dance. That'd be sweet. Right? Oh, yeah. I would I would dance with them. Just dance at home. She'd be like, "Yeah, let's I don't know what I'm doing. Break my head open again, but fuck it. Let's do it." I will not. Spin. I will I will not dance. <laughs> we'll spin around. <laughs> You better watch out. That's going to end up being one of our things for screwing up predictions. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do the Valentina dance. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, um, we mentioned it, but we'll definitely mention it again. Uh, Julie, you finished in last place for yeah. last one's challenge. Valiant effort, though. Yeah. Oh. We weren't doing anything until later, right? Because I remember having that conversation in the group chat. I just wanted to point it out. But now that you're yeah. here, <laughs> we're not throwing out the group chat. But yes, you definitely came in last place. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So we're going to move up the card. Um, this is where Anthony is going to make fun of me, and that's okay. Uh, Mickey Gall fought Salem uh, Tuhari. Um, anybody who knows... If I would have predicted this fight, I would have taken Mickey Gall. Um, 66 of 136, 50 of 117, 1 for 7 for his takedowns. Uh, Salem was 65 of 118, 40 of 96, and 0 for 3. And I just want to go out and say that this fight, um, it showed a lot about Mickey Gall and the way that he he can battle. Like, he's very tough. Uh, the scorecards had it 29-28, um, all three judges. And I thought in this fight, I thought Mickey showed us like 
who he is and what he can do. And, you know, he's tough as he's tough as nails. I mean, he has run into some big buzzsaws, you know, Diego Sanchez being that guy. But overall, I didn't I didn't think he had a bad showing. I thought it was a great showing. How did you guys feel about it yourselves? I agree. I agree. <sighs> Sorry, one second. I was trying to grab something. Um um, I, I like, I, how do I explain this? The more I see Mickey, the more I like, because there was a lot of expectations post CM Punk. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I want to, I like having him in my brain away from that thought. I just want to see, I like seeing him away from that. Cause then I don't have that cloud. Cause you know, there was a lot of weirdness, right? Of that fight. And then right after. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's a sound fighter. I think his, his, well, his submission game is definitely on board. I think what people, people fail to see is that his boxing game is really good too. Now we didn't get to see against Diego, but that's, that's Diego Sanchez, man. That's a a legend in his own right. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is, you know, I don't know. Like I said, McGee to me is one of those people where I I like seeing him farther away from that CM Punk fight because I'm seeing more of what he is as opposed to the hype around what that fight was. I felt bad because I, 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 there was a lot going around him right after that fight. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? And that's why I was like, I like the, the farther we are removed from that fight, the more I like him as a fighter because I pay more attention to what he does. Like when you're saying his submission game, but also with the stand-up, um, I didn't pay attention to his stand-up too much prior because of being where it was. You know what I mean? Considering the fu- uh, the CM Punk fight and the one fight after. So you mean a stage you- cut fight? Yeah. Um, was that the next? I fight? like. I, I think so. Was that the next fight? I. Th- well, regardless, I think, it was, I think it was like it was like the next like the next fight or two fights after like it was just like I said, the more I see Mickey farther away, the more I see what kind of game he has and I appreciate him as a fighter as a whole. Yeah. I hear you understand yeah. that. What's your thoughts, Anthony? Boring. That's what I think of that. Mickey <laughs> Gall is a boring fighter. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, he actually, you know, I I felt like he had a better pace, but I just feel like the bigger shots were from the other guy. And unfortunately, uh, and, and fortunately for Mickey Gall, he did get a takedown in the third round to help him kind of seal that victory. It was good to see that that he had his sister out there getting him running during training so he's a bit healthier um i nothing bad to say about the guy really like congratulations a good win this fight was in jersey too right yep yeah i mean obviously it's home hometown crowd and you know mickey and i've i've said this from the jump right since the cm punk fight i thought mickey performed well and as we see him keep moving like he keeps getting better now he did have the loss to brandy brown but he was talking a lot of shit about about the fight and he got out grappled in that fight he came back he looked tough again he got the big win 
Then he fought Diego, and that's that's again we've said that's Diego Sanchez. You know, the dude is un- <laughs> yeah unlimited rage and unlimited energy. And then he came back in this fight and he bounced back. Like I think that's the one thing about him is that for being as young as he is, he's very cool, calm, and collected, and he keeps moving in a positive direction. You know what I mean? Uh, evidently, you didn't hear the uh, the to the post uh, fight interview with him call, saying that uh, calling Diego out for a run back. Well, I mean, yeah, it's gonna happen. He's just you got to sell a fight, and you got to pick the next fight that you want to get. But the funny thing was, and we've I've mentioned this, when he does call out a fighter that he wants to fight, he usually beats that fighter. I only say that based on. Two fights, the CM Punk fight and the Sage Northcutt fight. Because I don't remember him calling out Randy Brown. I remember him calling out a premier fighter, just saying he wanted to fight a premier fighter, and he lost. Um, and then he won his next fight, got Diego, and then got beat. So that's that's my theory. Maybe he should just keep calling out fighters that he wants to fight. Because I think he, at one time he called Dan Hardy out, but Dan Hardy decided he was going to stay retired. Cool. So we're going to move up to the main yeah, event. I don't know if it's smart to call out Dan Hardy. It's, it, at, at the retirement stage, him being away from the game for a couple years and then coming back, yeah, I would have to agree. It's probably not a smart idea, especially after what we just saw with uh, Uriah <laughs> coming back. So Facts. Who knows? Yeah, you don't want to like bank on someone being retired. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're not going to be going, skadoosh! Sleep mode. Alright, so let's jump into the main event, right? Um this fight starts off with uh Kennedy was it Nichukwu versus I know, everybody gonna laugh at me for slaughtering that name. Uh Darko Stosik. Um this fight did go to decision. Um stat wise we had it. Uh for Darko we had sixty three of one thirty seven, sixty for one thirty four, four for ten for his takedowns. Uh, Kennedy was 50 of 123. His significant strikes were 50 of 123. And I believe the judges had this, uh, 29-26, 29-26, 28-27. Um, all for your winner, Kennedy. You know, Go ahead, Anthony. Do you, do you know why, why the, it, there was a 29-26? Mm-hmm. Because Darko got penalized two points. He kept on kicking get old Kennedy in the dick. <laughs> I felt so bad watching that fight, especially when he had to like hey, when he got talked to, like, hey. Cause you like essentially the ref was like, Stop kicking him in the dick. Like that's essentially what was going on. Like, stop, rude ass. Three or four different times he kicked him in the cup. I'm just like, dude. Yeah, he was getting a little reckless. Gotta stay yeah. away. You gotta steer away from those inside leg kicks and go to the outside because if you can't control your if you can't control your uh, your aiming, yeah. If you, you don't you're, know you're how, you're gonna ruin a dude's. You're gonna ruin, yeah. ruin. You're gonna ruin a dude's manhood. Right. Let us. Because I mean, not for, let's not forget. Gotta, well, let's I mean, not, think about it. You were you're saying. Think about how legs look after someone gets kicked, just in a leg. The bruising that happens. Imagine someone lobbing those at your dick. No, thank you, and I don't even got one. Well, let's let's not forget when we had Justin Sarks on the show. 
um, he talked about the one time that yeah. someone kicked him in the dick and it cracked his cup and he, he cried. He said he just sat in a corner and he cried the whole practice because he yeah. thought he was going to die. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I can imagine getting repeatedly kicked in a dick. That would that would suck 100%. Oh, yeah. To our, to our WWE sh- fan sh- base. Our WWE fan base, uh, you would know this as the Shinsuke Nakamura kick to AJ Styles repeatedly. <laughs> oh my Jesus. god! Hey, but I want to shout out to Kennedy. Like he, he was willing to fight, and he wasn't going to take the easy win. Yeah, oh, big props to him. So shows heart. Yeah, he has a lot of heart. So Anthony, how did we pick this fight? We all three picked it, Kennedy. Hey, all wins for us. So, our next fight up, right? We had Scott Holtzman versus uh, Dong Hyomei. Um Scott had one knockdown. He was 55 of 108, 40, 44 of 92 for significant strikes, and one for two in his takedowns. Uh, Don was 20 of 62, 16 of 58 in his significant strikes, and one for three for his takedowns. Uh, your winner... By TKO in the second round. At the end of the second round, Mrs. Scott's Holtzman. What do you guys think of this fight? I, it's pretty good. I feel bad, but I kind of like. I kind of knew um, this wasn't going to be a long one after the first round. Right. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, Scott. Like, that was on fire. <laughs> Yeah, like, watching this, I was like, oh, this ain't going the full one. It's either he's going to get it out in the second, which I was surprised it took the entire second. Um, But I was like, oh, it's either going to be the second or straight at the beginning of the third. I knew not see him taking it the entire full three. I was right on that one. Um, No, no, uh, no disrespect to uh, to his opponent, but uh, homeboy was wanting it. He was he was hungry. Yes, got got did you guys, did, 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 did you guys see his eye? Yeah. Mm. Shit was nasty. I I'm sending this to us by the way. <laughs> I think I died a little bit when I saw it, that. Yeah, it was nasty. We we thought who else? Like uh there's a few wrestlers, like El Pantera, whatever, he had a bad eye. Um, from Frankie Edgar, um, uh, Matt Matrone had a bad eye, but this one's one of those up there that are like, oh. They don't even look right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It even looks like an eye. It looks like someone took, like, a small ping pong ball and just shoved it under his eye. It is no longer an eye. That is where his son is growing out of his skull, Zeus style. (laughs) His, it's his <laughs> mini me. <laughs> his mini me. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So yeah, it's so nasty. God. Yep. It 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 was what it was. But you know, right. Scott got the win. Um, Anthony, how did we pick this fight? All three of us picked Scott Holtzman to win that fight. Look at us all two and zero. Oh. Whoop whoop. So our next fight up, right? Trevor Giles. Versus, and I know I'm going to get laughed at, uh, Gerard Mirtorect. Mir- uh, um, Mishar. Whatever. Thank you for that. 
<laughs> I talk about it all the time. Like, I get laughed at the way I pronounce these names. Anyway, uh, Trevin, uh, 27 of 38, 8 of 15 for significant strikes, 1 for 1 for his takedown. Uh, Gerald has 31 of 55, 6 of 19 for significant strikes, 1 for 3 for his takedowns with 1 submission attempt. And in round number 3, the submission went to Gerald. Uh, I thought it was a great fight. To be honest, it was great to watch. Um, it it was a great like takedown battle, but I was very appreciative to see uh, Gerald come on top with uh, the guillotine choke. Just a massive move. So, you know, big ups to uh, Gerald on this fight. What did you guys think of it? I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about this fight after we talk about this card because. This is the fight that uh, that had Twitter blown might have botched. Yeah, yeah. Don't call it a oh, botch. It's been here for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Twitter, you're so angry. But oh yeah, we'll go on. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the controversy part. But what did you guys think of the fight overall? No, I agree with what you were saying about uh, takedown battle. Um. Yeah, I can't get I can't get the Twitter bullshit out of my brain. <laughs> what about you? I'm Anthony? not gonna lie. <laughs> and Anthony, what do you think, or do you want to wait? Um, you know, I mean, it, it was a chess match. It was a definitely a chess match. Uh, one of one for takedowns versus one of three takedowns. It wasn't like they were just like shooting at each other nonstop. It was it was a good it was a good fight. I thought it was a very good chess match. And how did we have this fight? Alright, so on that one. Um, Clifford, you're the only one to get that right. Whoop whoop! 3-0. and oh. What up, though? So, and then, um, yeah, this, I, remember, I remember we were um, all discussing, like, who was going to win this fight, so it's kind of interesting to see. Uh, moving up, Joaquin Silva versus Nasserat. Uh, yeah, we're not going to pronounce his last name because I don't want to get it slaughtered. Um, That's probably easier. And I don't want <laughs> to wind up with someone's death wish. I don't want to wind up. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Silva was 15 of 56 with his total strikes. Um, and in that total, total strikes and significant strikes, uh, Nasserat was one knockdown. 21 of 38 for both total strikes and significant strikes, and the win in the second round uh, by TKO. Uh, nasty knockout power by Nasserat. Just that's, that's an understatement for me to say, but it was it was a brutal output. Um, yeah, yeah. Just just to say, what you what you think of the fight, Julie? No, I liked it. Um, I- Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Go on mute for one Achoo. second. Go ahead, Anthony. What did you think of the fight? Um, Actually, you know what? This is the fight that uh, I didn't get the chance to watch because we were on the road after the uh, last fight. So I didn't get to watch the next two fights. Um, But from what it looks like... <sighs> Anyways, sorry. <laughs> All right. Back. Well, Julie, tell us about the fight. Tell us what you thought. Um, it was good. I was a little surprised because um, Silva looked like it was coming out a little heavier. 
and right. his striking. You know what I mean? So I was a little surprised that um, Mr. Ott was able to um, get the TKO the way that he did. But he did it right at the beginning, too. I, if this makes sense, I've been finding that lately. One of my favorite... <clears throat> a lot of my favorite TKOs that have been happening, even if they're not just like picture perfect or just in general, like perfect timing in the fight, they've been usually happening within the first like 30 some odd seconds of a round. Right. Cause it seems like that fighter is like, Oh, well, okay. I got to get it right now. Cause I've got before I get hit too many times, you know what I mean? And I think what happened with the, um, with Mr. Ott was he got hit a few times by Silva. Cause Silva was swinging a few times. I mean, it was that he, if I remember correctly, I believe he, he technically had, he was throwing, he didn't land as many, but he was throwing more strikes than, yeah. So when you're getting something barraged at you, you think about, okay, well, how am I going to do this? I think that's exactly how that went is once he went to the second round beginning of like, after, after you talked to your corner and going, okay, well, I'm getting fucking a bunch of shit thrown at me. What do I do now? Right. You know what I mean? Sometimes it just takes a little bit of like, you know, a breather, a reset, <laughs> talk to um a talk to your corner. So I think that might have just helped him push him over just that little bit, you know what I mean? Yep. I got you on that one. Anthony, what do you think? Um one of those it, I didn't get to watch much of that fight, like I said. Um but it looked from from the highlights, it looked like they were actually going with each other. So I have yeah. no real big opinion on how I feel about this fight. Okay, fair enough. You didn't see it, so yep. <sighs> so moving up to the co-main event of the evening, Jim Dude, Miller versus Clay Guida. Actually, hold on, Anthony. How did we pick that fight? Oh yeah. What? How do we, we pick, pick the, the Silva fight? Oh. Uh, the Silva fight. We have... Julie is the only one that got that right with Nazrat winning. Fuck out! Dope. Three and one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so, let's, uh, let's move on. That's okay. I... I... I, I gloriously lose this next one, and I'm totally fine with it. Oh, yeah, me too. So I'm so fucking fine with that. Jim Miller versus Clay Guida in a co-main event, right? Let's just uh, let's let's have some fun. Let's throw some stat stats out there. Um, <laughs> total strikes. I'm just gonna I'm gonna read it all together, right? Four for thirteen. That was the number of strikes between the two <laughs> fighters landed and delivered. <laughs> It's so hilarious. Dude, legit, I've never been so happy to watch. Like, I, you know, there's some times where um, taking the L on it, even if it's take take us for doing the predictions out of it, even for the whatever, just even when you're doing your own thoughts, sometimes you're really, there's some fights where you're like, hey, I don't mind if I lose my prediction. Right. This is one of them. I d- as much as because I love Jim Miller, I do. It's just lately he's worried me. And well, thank you, because Clay's also been on fire. So, uh, it was a well, good. Clay came, Clay came off the big win against BJ Penn. I don't mm-hmm. know if I want to call it a big win. 
he came off the win. Not a big a no, he came off a win. But <laughs> yeah. he's been he's been on fire lately, just in general. Like when you see him in the ring, he's really pumped. He wants to do something. Like even when you when you're walking watching him walk out to the cage, you know what I mean? Just in general as a person, he seems very motivated. So I was like, Oh, you got someone motivated and Jim hasn't been looking that great lately. I love Jim, I do, but he hasn't looked that strong as of lately. And then he told me to go fuck myself in the first round with a really good submission, and I was fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony, what did you think of the fight as well? Uh, What is there to talk about? There's 13 strikes total. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, okay. So Anthony said there was 13 total strikes and put himself out. Um, and that's what it was. <laughs> and I, I mean, realistically, back. <laughs> that's about as quick as the fight was. Was Anthony leaving the leaving the <laughs> leaving and coming back in? So fifty eight seconds um, was the fight. It was a submission victory for Jim Miller. Um, I think we all had Clay Guida winning the winning the fight too. And it was a I'm and I'm agree with you. It was a very nice surprise to see. Yeah. Um, to see Jim Miller win, I just—I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah, sometimes you don't want to lose that that prediction, but with having him, um, I mean, you know, because you know, also because uh, he's a, such a family man, and he'll get his his family involved, and there's just some people like that where you really want them to do well, right? And um, he actually was able to pull it off, so. You know, if this makes sense, that's kind of how I feel about Cowboy now. I mean, I've always liked Cowboy as a fighter, but now that he's, like, hella family, it's like, I'm a kid. I'm like, fucking win everything, Cowboy! Ah! You know, so that's kind of how I felt about Jim. I was like, I really hope you fucking prove me wrong. And he did. He did great. Plus, did. man, Homeboy was the fuck out. <laughs> he was, like, straight nap time. It wasn't even, like, Oh, let me put the submission, and he's gonna tap freely and tell you, "I don't like this. This hurts my face. I would like to get out of this." No, that motherfucker went night night. That motherfucker went night night. Yep, he did. He did. He so did. straight up, Anthony. Let me get this right though. We all picked Clay Guido, correct? Yeah. Yes. We all suck. Yeah. <laughs> we should have definitely gone or, for Miller. Or we've all saw what was happening prior and just thought, you know, things were going to go the way sometimes they do. And then yeah. fighting did what exactly it does all the time. Gives you the middle finger. And put us <laughs> right out. <laughs> right. So, you dumb let's, bitch. <laughs> let's move up to the main event, right? Where we had the ruthless one, Robbie Lawler, battling Yay. this man. <laughs> Dude, you're so gay for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. fucking gay. So dumb. Yeah. So dumb. You, you are officially fired. Oh, God. I've never wanted to, like, punch somebody so hard. It's not right. Colby Covington. Dude, are, are, you, are, you, are you done being on Colby's dick now? Oh, my God. All right. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Boo. You're shaming you right now, Claire. Oh God, Boo you this can, man. Boo you can shame man. all you want. You can shame all you want. All right, let's go into this, okay? This was the main event. Oh, I have Colby some feelings versus Robbie Lawler. I have a lot of feelings about Colby Covington after this fucking fight. Oh, 
we all have feelings about what happened. But let's get into this first, right? Uh, this to go all five rounds decision to Colby Covington. Uh, here's the stats for it, though. Total strikes, 201 of 541, 179 of 515, 10 for 18 for his takedowns. Robbie was 82 of 171, 78 of 167, no takedowns attempted. If you're wondering what the scorecard was, it was 50-45, I also had this fight 50-45. I, let's, okay, I just want to be honest. And how pissed off I was at this fight. Not at Colby during the fight. I just want to put it out there first. At the, It looked like Robbie Lawler had no motivation to be in this fight. I've never wanted to go jump into an octagon and start punching somebody that I was cheering on in my life. <laughs> legit. No, like, legit. Like, if this makes sense, like, I made no bones about the fact that I loathe the fucking ground that Colby Covington walks on. I think he's a little, I think he's like lower than a piece of shit in someone's joke. It's just flat out. I don't care. That's why I chose a prediction against him. I said, I don't give a fuck if I lose the L on this one. I will never choose him. It just will not happen. I don't give a fuck if he's crown champion, king of the world. Fuck him. So I, but I was going, all right, Robbie, at least give him something. Even if you don't win, say this cocky son of a bitch pulls it out, at least do something. Yeah. And then he showed up to the fight. Oh, wait, I forgot. He didn't show up. He put his fucking bullshit half-ass effort in there. I've done, like, my husband was screaming, like, fucking throw, throw. And that's how I felt, too, watching it. I was watching the snap time shit, and I was like, watching, if this makes sense, watching Robbie Lawler and going, I had such higher hopes in what you would do for this because he's because let me put this out. I'll put this on his takedown defense is really good. He was not going on the ground, like he got a little taste of it, and he did really good about trying to make sure he wasn't on the ground as much after that. And I and I gotta give him that, you know what I mean? Like he, he gave was up 10 takedowns, yeah, but let's be fight. real of how many times Colby was trying it. It w- uh, let's be real. So he that's the only area he put effort in, though, is my point. Was trying not to though, get is that within all five rounds, you gave up two takedowns per round on mm-hmm. average. On average, yeah. Well, that's my it, point. Like, that's what I'm saying is like, it's just, it, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he just decided I don't give a shit about god dang, my phone's going off. Hold on, yep. Um, <laughs> oh, it's Steve. Um, <laughs> it's the other group chat, but it's one of those where it's, I, I've never just wanted to scream at somebody as hard as I did with Robbie Lawler. Cause I was like, dude, and like I said, it made me feel the way I did because I had high hopes in this just at least being a decent fight or at least seeing some action it made me feel like the way I did for the Mayweather, um, Pacquiao fight where I'm just like, what is happening? Why isn't any action going on here? That's what I felt like watching Robbie Lawler. I was like, right. what the fuck? It, it was it legitimately pissed me off. I've I've had well, fucking Lawless. Fuck you, dude. I'm so mad at you right now. All right, hold on, Anthony. Go ahead and give us your opinion on this fight as well. Uh, you know, god awful. Kobe Covington's a piece of shit. Dude, like his his mom should disown him. And well, let, let me tell you, I want to know about the as fight. much as I, as much as I hate Kobe, uh, dumbass George Mazdaval, 
I hate Kobe Covington even more. Um, what a put out though by Kobe Covington. Like he to five to throw five hundred forty one strikes in five rounds is a massive output. The f- fuck you, Robbie. I fucking love that dude, but fuck you, Robbie. Like we we've seen Robbie in bloodbaths, like Robbie, uh. Uh, whatever Canadian boy's name is from uh, Bellator. Uh, what's his duck name now? <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing a blank as well. I'll be honest. What's that? What's that goofy kid? Uh. Anyways, let's start this over. Um. <laughs> um. Robbie, dude. I just we we seen him in big fights against Carlos Condit. Against uh, uh, even Tyrone Woodley hit it, hit him hard, and he just kept on coming. Like the Ben Askren fight, he he threw he threw, he threw hard, um, and, and and got screwed out of that one. But uh, a Warren McDonald fight, like he went to war with Warren McDonald and Warren versus uh, Warren versus uh, Lawler too, like. Split lip, like, Rory laid down and said, I'm done. Yep. There's this a bloodbath, right? It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What but, a turd. What a fucking turd. <laughs> yeah, and we we talk about this a lot with, this, with these kind of fights, right, where a guy who lands more punches than what you've thrown, right, in total strikes, because Kobe landed 179 significant strikes to Robbie's 171 attempted total strikes and it just goes to show like how I don't want to say I don't want to say how it just shows the game plan that Colby had it was pressure 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 take down punch 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 let up pressure 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 punch 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 take down punch 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 and it was like and it, it was crazy because I was listening to the announcers the whole time, and Dominic Cruz is just driving me crazy because he was like, "Oh yeah, he's doing a Philly shell, and that's what he's gonna do for the next couple of rounds, and hope that Colby's gonna wear out." Colby never wore out; he just kept throwing punches, and Robbie never seemed to like really want to engage in the fight. Like he was always looking for that power punch that's gonna put down Colby. But it, it, he didn't even look like he was dedicated to his own strikes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was. Um, I'm so mad at Robbie Lawler. He's such a turd right now. I'm like, fucking move. Do something, fool. Okay, so now that we've kind of talked about the fight and how upset we were about it, Kobe did make some controversial comments after the fight. Punk bitch. Yo, I, what a fucking I, loser! <laughs> yeah. It was enough. It was enough for me to say, and I said it in the chat room. Actually, I think I said yeah, to you, did. Anthony. This this will be the last time I cheer on Colby Covington because he said it himself. Um, it's just like Matt Hughes should have learned about the train tracks. Whether it's a train or the Colby train, you need to get your ass out of the way before I run you over. And I was like, how in the fuck can you just? gather so like there's a point right we talked about this and we've talked about this a couple times on about especially about the ufc and about mma right 
that we need guys who are heels, right? Like, a bad dude. Like, you pay money because you want to watch a guy get knocked the fuck out. But it's like, Connor, Connor totes that line, right? He's a heel. He knows he's a bad guy. And he'll push that envelope pretty far. But I kind of felt like Colby went and just like, you know what? I'm going to move this line over here by just saying something about a Hall of Famer, especially about Matt Hughes. Like, you just, there's just right. certain things that you just don't and say. And it, that should have been something. It's not even. If this makes sense, let me put it this way, too. Um, I mean, we all know I fucking hate Colby prior to this. Um, what pisses me off is we all know how open I am about my head injuries. What I'm not open about too often is the fact that my dad's got my dad's disabled because of a train accident. So you just fucking hit two things that directly hit my fucking life. Like my dad was disabled before, got a surgery, got a train accident, got redisabled. These are things that directly hit my life. And you make two comments, two one comment that hits two things. Like I seriously hope the worst fucking things on that kid's life. Fuck him. He's a piece of shit. And and I'm tired of Dana putting fucking interest in him. He thinks that this is funny. It's not. Matt Hughes was one person that made you fucking money. Got you some shit. And why the fuck do you pay him back? Oh, let me have this piece of shit little garbage human say some shit. You don't even fucking reprimand him. I bet you Danny was too busy blowing him in the back. So happy because, oh, oh, God. Oh, look, it's the president's fighter. Fuck that. That's not that important when he can run his mouth and say some shit. We're getting too close. And this, I mean, we're, we're going to address it at the end of the podcast. This goes into a larger fucking demo, a larger fucking bigger problem that's going on. People need to fucking watch their mouths. Yeah. They're getting too fucking loose through their shit. Watch yeah. your fucking mouth. Stop it. It is not right. We are pushing the line on saying some shit and we are crossing the line. This this shit pissed me off. It makes me not want to watch the UFC. If this is the kind of shit that we're going to have. I don't well, need this goes, on my television. No, and it goes back. It goes back. You're right. I mean, it goes back to that tote line, right? And I guess when I think about McGregor too, McGregor's he's crossed that line a few times, right? I should mm-hmm. I should really say that um, because like he's trying to sell fights, right? He's not really trying to be a bad guy, you know. I think like Josh Koscheck like had the perfect moment or perfect right where he was talking trash about he was talking trash about George Saint Pierre, but he was addressing GSP. And then when he was in Quebec and at Quebec City, and he legit said, "Hey Quebec, how's that feel?" watching your hero go down, right? Like, he addressed the crowd, but he wasn't, like, over the top, like, fuck this, this is what's gonna happen, blah, 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 blah. It's it's something about Kobe, just, like, the way he sells fights. It's crazy, too, because, like, I, I wanna, be- I wanna believe, I wanna believe this is a character, because I've seen interviews where Kobe's on the other side, and, like, a fan has asked him, like, hey, how do I get how do i get to become a pro train a pro fighter like yourself like the kid i I saw this interview with the 17 year old kid asked colby about getting into the fight right and colby was very cool calm and he just like he spoke to the kid like a big brother would have spoke to a little brother right hey man you gotta train you gotta get your diet right you gotta work on your boxing work on jiu-jitsu work on your wrestling you gotta do this that and the other right like he talks yeah, but, uh, but hold on hold on hold on let me finish let me finish the point okay before we before i let you off the lead uh, off and let you go off on him um but the kid at the whole point is the kid at the end said how come you don't talk like this to the fans or talk like this to the media 
He's like, this is a whole different point, and I think people will relate to you more. He straight up said, that doesn't sell fights. And I was like, you're right to an extent, but we've watched you cross a line so hard and go so clear on the other side. It's not even, it's not even like, oh, ha, 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 he's a bad guy. We're like, no, we want you to fucking get crushed. And not crushed. Some people out there, and I, I'm not going to mention names, Want your career to get ended. Like, that's crazy. Like, I don't wish bad things yeah. to happen on people. But that's the extent of what happens when you push a boundary as hard as Colby did Saturday night. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'll, you don't want to say names, I'm saying it. I hope somebody breaks both his fucking kneecaps with a baseball bat and he has to look in his mom in his eyes because he can't walk again. That's how fucking filth dirt this piece of shit is the shit that he said to the brazilians calling them filthy animals and then this shit yep. the, the, his fucking exact words and i have it up right here robbie should have learned from matt hughes and stay off the tracks when the train's coming dude dude it was an act you're you're touching stuff like julie said you're fucking touching feelers that you probably fucking shouldn't now let me put it on your mom i hope she has to see him in a wheelchair Never to walk again. I look at it this way. His family needs to sit him down. I'll be there right now because, you know, like, I'm not going to go into specifics, but, like, the train accident my dad was in, like, someone lost their lives because there was literally an accident with a truck trying to go over the train tracks and arm bar, the arm thing's not going down and them not knowing. There's people that that So there's, there's... You don't know what someone's been through, so some shit is not funny. It's not funny, but he pushes these buttons. And the thing is, is I'm sorry, no one's fucking checked him. And this goes to the bigger problem. We all know what what the hell's been going on, and this is just societally, it's been a bigger problem. Is it fighting your TV? Doesn't matter, whatever it is, your Facebook, your internet, everybody's getting too loose with their mouth, too loose. And this is a great example of it. Dana hasn't done anything for any of these fighters when they go and cross the line. I mean, I love Shale, but Shale really pushed it when he was in the fight. When he, he was in the fighting game. You know what I mean? He doesn't go like, hey, 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 mm, maybe you shouldn't press. No, there's one thing to talk shit. Well, I'm a great shit talker. Okay. I know that as I've been in enough fights in my life, but I don't need to sit there and go on about personal shit, your, your ethnicity, where you're from, race, you, know, you don't need to bring that shit in there to be a good fighter. He's no. a good fighter without having to say shit. Right. What makes him a horrible person is he opens his fucking mouth and he thinks he's invincible. And I'm sorry, I'm going to be the one that says it. He thinks because he's like Donald Trump's fighter that he's invincible. No, it doesn't work like that. You're still in this world with the rest of us. Okay? You still You want to be an example to these 17-year-old fighters? Don't act like a piece of shit. And they give you a mic. Thank you. Goodbye. Do it that way. You don't yeah. need to say the shit that you do because you put a fucking piss poor example. That's what happened. So all these little kids or whatever up that's in jujitsu or whatever, and someone goes, oh, I look up to Kobe. If I was their trainer, I'd say no because that's a bad fighter. He doesn't understand honor. See, you know, it's, it's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I want to believe, I really want to believe that this is this isn't him. I want to believe that this is 
Like, this is, like, an, an an act. You know what I mean? Like, a characteristic act. Obviously, his Instagram says something different when he's in the White House with Trump, like, toning it. You know what I mean? And then he says some dumb shit like he did Saturday. I want to believe that this is, I in my heart, I really want to believe it. But I just, in my mind, I just don't feel it, right? Because, like I said, I just watched an interview with Rob. It was the next day. I watched this interview where, where Robbie and this kid together were talking and he was just the way he was talking to him is is the way you would expect like a mentor to talk to somebody. Right. I, I really want to believe that he just does it because he wants to rile up people, but he has to understand, too. And this is where I'm going to go with this. He has to understand, like, there there's boundaries, man, and there's lines and you can blur those lines a little bit. But once you overstep that boundary there's no coming back and the hate you receive from people man that's on you right it's 100 percent on you well so look that's... at it this way i mean it's you know it pissed us off as fans but think about it this way matt hughes is a person he's a family and they well, had to deal with matt hughes said they, well you got to think about this his family had to deal with he had to deal with it but his family had to deal with it Dude, I know what the fuck my family... Like, I'm going to tear up on this one. I know what the fuck my family had to deal with with my head injury. That's fucking disgusting. It This one pissed me off. Like, I'm so angry. It's why I'm choking up. You, you, it's not just Matt. It's his family. Right. They had to go through it, too. Did you Did you see what Matt's my response husband was to it? Stuff. No, no, honestly, I was so pissed at the way that Kobe did it. I shot UFC off in my brain up until literally right before we went on the air. Um, so Matt, it was, I don't, I'm, it's kind of me like paraphrasing it. Um, but he said like, he was surprised, but like, he wasn't mad at Kobe for saying it. Like, it was just, it was kind of like a weird statement. If you guys want to go look it up, you guys go look it up. That's, this is going to be the kind of last thing that we talk about with this fight, right? Well, I take that back. We have one more subject that we want to talk about with this fight, but this would be the last thing we talk about. That's this. That's it with Colby. We're going to push on. Yeah. Um, so, guys, we have some bills that we got to pay. So, hang around and continue listening to the podcast. And we'll be right back after these words. Hey, everybody. Cliff here with Get to KO. And I really hope you love what you're listening to. So did you know that you can get paid for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered it for ourselves. It's a free app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to this podcast. Here's how it works. You listen to the podcast, and you earn a PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin into a gift card at places like Starbucks and Amazon. Or if you're a good person, you could donate that PodCoin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. You download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I will have a special code just for you. Simply just use our code, THEKO, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen to us enough on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and, and sign up with the code, THEKO. I swear, it'll change the way you listen to podcasts. And we're back. So, hopefully you guys got that cool commercial. Get that palate, palate cleanser. Because we're going to dive into some more shit that happened. 
So, so if you thought that the Colby thing was Colby thing was probably the worst thing that happened, but this also not according was, to Twitter. Not, yeah, not according to Twitter. Twitter not according to her <laughs> bean. <laughs> so we got to talk about this, right? This was in uh, uh, Trevin Giles versus uh, Gerard uh, Mearchart. Um, so the submission, third round, 149. Herb Dean was the ref. Um, so we're going to talk, we're going to just jump right into the third round. Okay. So in the third round, there was an attempt to take down. Um, and this is where Gerald uh, grabbed the front and he locked in a guillotine choke and he tightened it down. But as as Trevin was trying to move forward with the takedown, um, Gerald got the top. He started to turn over the the guillotine choke. And eventually what happened was on the backside, Trevin had tapped out. Herb Dean wasn't in position to see the tap. But Gerald locked down the lockdown and Trevin ended up passing out. We're talking about I don't want to say it was like eight to ten seconds before Herb Dean touched um, Trevin's glove. Trevin was out. Um, it looked like Herb told Gerald that he's out and to stop. So he did. And the fight was over. Um, scary, scary situation because obviously Trevin passed out. Um, but I, I do want to say this before we dive, like we really get into the Twitter hate about this. Somebody should have really said this. Shout out to Gerald because he could have just left. He could have just walked away as Herb had asked. Instead, he helped roll Trevin over to his back. He picked up his legs to get the blood rushing back to his face so that he could wake up. Right. Very scary situation. Right. He, did, he, he, was a, he was a good sportsman. Right. So I wanted to – I just at least wanted to acknowledge that. And then Herb told him, hey, man, we got this. Just go to your corner. And that's exactly what happened. It wasn't like there was a, oh, hey, by the way, we're going to hang around a little bit longer and do this, that, and the other. Not a thing. So big props to Gerald for winning the fight. Honestly, being a UFC ref has to suck. Like it has to suck. We talk about Herb Dean being a gold standard and because obviously Big John McCarthy is retired now. I don't – this is the second fight in a row where it's been a controversial finish for Herb. And I don't know if I can consider Herb to be the gold standard. Obviously, he's he's ref the most matches. But it's either he stops a fight early or doesn't stop it on time. Like, he very rarely Dude, gets it on the money. You know what I mean? If this makes sense, like – it was Big John for the longest time was like the guy in my at least in my personal book. Let me put this that way. Big John was like my guy when it came to the ref, right? It was like Big John and Herb. All right, cool. You know? Um who's taken that spot for me, honestly, is actually uh Big Beard Beltran. Dog. I love that bit that beautiful beard just flowing in the wind. Mainly because he is not only a good ref. You don't have to worry about him holding a fighter longer in a submission than the, it's needed to be. And he also takes care of the fighter immediately after. Um, I used to think that about Herb. He's not doing that as much. So I think Beltran's taking that spot for me like John used to. Right. You know, here's the thing. 
So we have that Trayvon fight that uh or that 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 Taven fight that that kind that went way too long. He was he was borderline too long for the Clay Guida fight too. Like Clay went down and got in, in a rare naked choke and he touched his glove not once, not twice, but the third time. If this makes That's sense. Eight seconds. It's if eight this, seconds. Yeah, if this makes sense. That's actually the fight that I thought Twitter was gonna be a little bit more angrier about, um, as far as calling. I thought that he was more reckless and that's i don't i'm trying to find a better word but i can't but i thought it was more reckless with the clay fight than he was the other one to be honest because the fact that clay was out you touch his hand touch his hand again and then again hey yeah hey are you sure it was like hey get up and it wasn't it it was like an annoying little brother trying to get somebody up for school but not really trying to get them up for school you know what i mean what Here's the thing, and I I just watched this fight because I didn't get to watch this fight, so I just got to watch it just now. Uh, while we were going on a rant about stupid Colby Covington, but uh, we were sitting there like he touched his glove once and it didn't move. He touched his glove again and it didn't move. Right then and there, stop the fight. You shouldn't yeah. you shouldn't have to pull your hand back, look again, take two seconds and do it again and say okay, enough, enough. Like, her man. Yeah, that's the one I I thought I thought more people would be angrier about personally. I that's the one I really thought people were going to be a little bit more pissy about. In my opinion, like Cliff like so. said, you he he's calling him too early or way too late. Like maybe maybe Herb maybe Herb it's time to settle down settle down. Right. For some of you guys, I, in case in case you want a, a cool in case you want a cool reference of how we're talking about this, right? So, for some of you guys who watched The Lion King, like, that scene when Simba's trying to wake up Mufasa after he dies, spoiler alert for some of you who haven't seen it, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. Like, Herb Dean was Simba, like, Dad, 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 we gotta go home. <laughs> like, he wasn't moving, dude. Clay Guido was completely out. And what makes it even worse was Trevin... Trevin had tapped on the backside. It was just that John was out of position. And I brought that up. I was like, I don't know if I could blame I don't know if I could blame Herb for that, right? Because if Herb Herb saw this takedown getting put in the process, so he's putting himself in position, but he didn't see on the backside. He can't obviously I couldn't do it either, especially from the camera angles that they were showing. You couldn't see that he had tapped. But um the announcer said but his neck like was he tapped. What's that? But his neck was cranked enough, and now you got to find it as a referee. But then that's why after, you, after you after see that. his head, after after you see his head is cranked, it's time to find his hands. Yeah, and I and I get that, but I just and I just want to say in that moment because hindsight's twenty twenty, man. We can we can call it like it is, but in that moment, yep. I would have been one hundred percent, and I said it too. If I was in the same position, I probably would have had. I probably would have made the same call. I would have looked. I saw the neck crank. I would have saw the stop in the defense. I wouldn't have seen the takedown, or I wouldn't have seen the tap out. And then I would have looked, and I would have, I would have seen what's going on. And, that, and that's how I would have done the fight. So, I mean, 
it, it's tough for me to be like, nah, man, I would have jumped on the other side and then jumped back over. No, dude, because the problem is, is that referees are trying to give the best views for the fans so that he's not blocking action. He's never going to see the tap from where he was. But, you know, he went and checked Trevin's hand. He, like, tapped it. Obviously, he felt it was out. Call for the fight. I wonder if he thought he waited too long or not waited long enough to, like, do two or three checks. And that's what happened with the Clay Guida fight was that Guida was out after the first touch of the glove. And instead, he was like, all right, I don't know if he's really, really out, so I'm going to wait and touch a couple more times and then go and then call for the stoppage. It's like we've seen Herb. Herb has made a lot of errors as of late, and, like, he – I want to say that Herb really needs to get back into, like, a, a referee clinic with, like, maybe Big John or maybe even, like, get around some other people who've been in different situations just I'll so that he can I'll be honest. This is something I've been wondering for a while, and I think – I actually think I brought this up to my – Maybe it was my husband that I brought this up to. I don't understand why the UFC doesn't have that as an institutional policy, which is MMA all around. That if you're gonna be an M- if you're gonna be an MMA referee every X amount of months or X amount of years, whatever the fuck they want to put up, you have to go through a mandatory fresh course because you need to make sure that you're up on the rules. You're not gonna get shocked when they change the rules up on you. Yeah, uh, you make sure that you're tightened up. You make sure, you know what I mean? Like, there is a refresher thing. Because you got to think about it. They do this for for other other instances, other jobs, when it comes to making sure someone's sharpness is up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is somebody judging a fight, which legitimately puts two people's safety in jeopardy. And they need to be the, the split-second decision before a possible life-ending, life-changing, career-ending decision kind of injury. I don't understand why that's just not something that is an institutional policy that they do all around, is you have to make sure that the... And I don't. I, I mean, they could. I could be wrong on this, but I don't remember ever seeing anywhere that that is something that they make mandatory, that if you're going to call UFC fights... You need to make sure that your this certification is up, and you know you're doing it, however many times, so you don't have these, so I mean, you don't have I to worry like, about it. I would like, um, I guess for me, with when it comes down to like refereeing, I would like to see maybe like a semi annual course that that's all the something like that. That all the referees that's, have to go and watch. That's essentially what I'm meaning is like but, you have something that you have to do because that's yeah. something that happens in other careers. Well, you know here's, I mean? here's like, my thought. I, I here's my thought for it, right? Yeah, it's a it's it's a semi annual course where you go over video of certain things happening in a fight and how we can alter the technique so that we're getting into right. best positions so we can see how things are happening. I think that well, just I think that would be something that would I, work best. I I think that's good, but then you also leave it open that you would do and bring any courses available if there's any rule change. You know what I mean? So yeah. you have it set up that it's a semi-annual course. But, hey, we did a rule change. So we are going to do a new course this month or whatever. We're gonna, Or we'll offer it to you next month or whatever. Whoever can get to wherever, we're going to offer you this to teach you the new rules, put it into play, and tighten everything up. I just don't see – it does not seem like that is something that's paid enough attention to because, let's be real, these these refs get shit on. Because of their decision skills. Well, if you're worried, I mean, why not make sure that they're tightened up too? You you tighten, it's like you tune a car, 
You know what I mean? Same exact thing. Make sure you're, you're making sure they train for a fight. Why don't you make sure that your refs are up on the thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I worked in the mental, I worked with me, in the, uh, the medical field with developmentally disabled adults. And there were certain things I had to get trained every X amount of months. And some of the shit was dumb. Like, Hey, we used to call it the don't be a racist class, but that was something that they made you take every X amount of months to make sure that you understood these are the rules that we have. This is what we want to make sure that you live by, that you are practicing. And it it became a just, okay, cool. We we know what new changes there are. It it makes it easier. And I think that would just be beneficial for the sport in general. I agree. Um, Anthony, final thoughts? Um, I don't know, man. I, uh, it's hard. Um, I'm I'm looking at this at this like Herb Dean's website right now, um, and I'm not really finding anything other than the uh, the past the, the one and two certification for MMA refereeing. Um, it's rough. It's rough. But here's the thing: we've talked we we've talked about this. Uh, um, about bad positioning. We have seen refs jump over both fighters multiple times to see what's going on on the other side or what's going on on this side, what's going on on that side. You have to be more, more, uh, mobile, mobile if you're Herb Dean right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. So, with that being said, that's kind of our final thoughts on that. We're going to move up. Um, we're going to move over to another card. That's what we really need to talk about. Um, so a lot of people weren't aware, but 1FC was going on. And I say a lot of people just because I feel like when we talk about mixed martial arts, a lot of people are um, either talking about Bellator or uh, UFC. But we really got to talk, talk about this 1FC card. Um in particular, I know Anthony, there's two fights that Anthony wants to really talk about. So we'll dive into those fights, right? So, uh, Oh, like, I was hoping you were going to read off the entire card because I was really to. hoping. Are you? Oh, I can't wait to see you say this first name. <laughs> Rob Delic, uh, PK, uh, Shan Muay Thai. I have to look because my phone just cut off most of the name. It's, it's, if you actually look at it, the last name is Muay Thai yeah. Jim. At yeah, the last end of it. Yep. Yeah. I was like, I, I was that hoping name. that you didn't notice that. So you would have been like, blah, 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 blah. Because <laughs> you're really good about butchering shit. It's a, it's a talent. Um, Shung Chai Muay Thai Jim. Um, also, yeah. he fought Andrew Miller. Um, but he won by T, uh, TKO in the third round. Uh, moving up. This was the Flyweight Grand Prix semifinal. Uh, we had Reese McLaren. Versus uh, Dan- Danny Kingad, right? Kingad? I think that's how he pronounced it on the air. Uh, Danny won this fight uh, by split decision in the third round. So we're going to talk about right. this fight. I know Anthony wants to talk about it. Demetrius Johnson. Uh, fi- uh, Tatsumoto uh, Wada. Anthony, how did you feel about this fight? Because... I know how I, I felt about it. And Julie, I want to get your thoughts on this fight as well. Sorry, I, did, sorry, I just realized. 
said, and I looked up and I'm like, "What fighter?" I'm like, "Oh, you made up first name for Wada." <laughs> Tatsu Mitsu Wada. No, it's uh, Tatsu uh, Mitsu, and you said like M- M- Moto or something, and I was like, "What fight are we looking at?" And then I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, no, he just gave he just, it a cliff he just, name. He just okay. slaughtered the name again." <laughs> I was like, always. "Okay, it's just a cliff name for it." Okay, yeah. I, I'm here. All right. Glad people understand. I was it. like, "Was there another Demetrius Johnson fight that I didn't know about?" Oh, see, that's just a dick thing to do. Anyway, uh, I'll put you. it out there. All five rounds, I didn't really know if I would have said that Demetrius, like, controlled this entire fight, because Wada looked really good in this fight. Say again, Anthony. Because that's a lie. You thought Johnson controlled this whole entire fight? He definitely... No, no, he did not. He got... He he got... He got owned in that first round like completely owned yeah that's what I'm saying because they gave the fight as unanimous so I'm curious to see if they I know they probably I think they scored at 29-28 um but yeah that first round Wada definitely he just jumped Demetrius back and just rode him out like the whole time and then in the second round it looked like Johnson made some adjustments to his game plan a little bit was able to stuff a tuck takedown and was able to kind of take advantage of the situation and in the third round he just he dominated the third round I'll give him that um but yeah it was this was a a really really tough fight for Demetrius Johnson which is something I'm not used to seeing right and I know his first fight in 1FC was very tough as well but it's like it's like dude like we watched you dominate person after person after person so it just tells you about the the level of eliteness that one fc has you know what i mean yeah definitely either that or are we finally seeing father time catch up to demetrius thompson uh, demetrius johnson and these fighters are catching up to him now hey you know what i mean i had no disrespect to to, to Mighty Mouse, it, that's entirely possible that the fighters are starting to catch up. At some point, it was going to happen. I mean, look at Anderson Silva. Yeah, I mean, Israel Anasanya is like cloned from, you know, what, a movie or some shit, so <laughs> sometimes it happens. They make you better. He's like his Gemini Man shit or whatever, whatever Smith <laughs> movie coming out is. Much love. <laughs> Much love to Will Smith and his Younger self, um, I think. I think for, <laughs> I think for me, what makes it tough is that um, it's like it, Johnson was doing great for the fight, um, and well, he looked good at least in the last two rounds. But you know, they did mention a few times that Wada was definitely an up and comer, and that he was, you know, he was going to battle tough. So I give a lot of big props to. Um, to Wada, and I, I can't wait to see what else he does in uh, in the UF oh in the MMA world. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, I agree. We're gonna move up because I think Anthony's gonna be so pissed about this. Uh, Eduardo Fu uh, Fu Liang fought Eddie Alvarez, the king of the underground. Um, so if I remember right, Eddie got into this fight only because the fighter that beat him. Got hurt, correct? Correct. Alright. And so, Eddie makes his way to this fight. And I want to talk about this fight in particular. Because, um, like, Edward 
dominated this fight. I do yeah. not care what anybody says. Dominated this fight. Outstriking Eddie left and right. So you're wondering who won this fight. Eddie Alvarez won this fight by submission. And here's what happened. Edward kicked the holy hell out of Eddie's leg. And Eddie dropped. It looked like someone broke his knee. Um, as Eddie dropped, Edward jumped on top and started laying some heavy bombs. I thought they were going to call the fight a couple different times because Eddie just kept repeatedly getting punched in the face. Like, it just landing, 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 just shot after shot after shot. Um, and at some point, Eddie's leg kind of like, it looked like it rebooted itself and it like awoke up. And so he clamps down on an ankle, grabs an arm, gets the sweep, and gets the win by submission. It was insane because Edward rolled over to rolled over to his back, or he went on his back and then rolled to his belly and exposed his back. Eddie locks in uh, both legs, stretches out Edward, and then I I'm not gonna lie, most badass moment in mixed martial arts history for me. He grabbed Edward by his chin and pulled his face up to lock in a rear naked choke. And Edward had nothing to do but he had to tap out. Um I was I was in awe of this fight. I I just can't I can't say it enough. And Eddie won by submission. Mm-hmm. So I wanna say a a big congratulations to Eddie because now he's moving on to the finals. Um and it mm-hmm. was uh amazing i just have to say and also um i just want to give a big shout out i wouldn't have seen this fight if it wasn't for anthony letting me know that the fights were on uh bleacher report live so actually anthony thank you for that <laughs> yeah i'll have to go back and watch that you know shout out to the underground king for getting a win aka eddie alvarez aka mr uh uh bully beat down did you know that he was on bully beat down as well i did <laughs> i did know that so I just, I just like, by while you were talking, I wanted to look this up. And I know this is off subject. So, Big John McCarthy was the referee for Bully Beatdown. Right. Jake Shields, Eddie Alvarez, Tony Bonello, Michael Westbrook were the, uh, and uh, Andre Olavsky were, were the, the, the Bully Beatdown guys. Yep. With only one female. Uh, face to be in Bully Beatdown, and that person was go on, Anthony, say it. I don't even know the karate <laughs> hottie Michelle Watterson. <laughs> that's all that needs to be said. That's that's my favorite episode. All right, back on subject though, Anthony. Big ups to Underground King. Um, like I said, one of the one of the coolest fights I've seen in a long time. And it, it was, it was just a great, great win for, for Eddie. Um, we did have the flyweight Muay Thai world championship. And this was something that I want to talk about because this was mentioned a few times, uh, right at the beginning of the fight. So John Haggerty, who was the champion from the UK, wanted to fight, uh, Rotang. Um, did you guys know that, Haggerty was the champ. He called out Rod Tang and told him, I want to fight that guy because he's the best in the world. And I think he needs to get the next shot. 
Like, how many times have you ever heard a champion say that about another person? Great. Yeah, it's not too often. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It's not like... I was I was literally trying to rack my brain of, like, <laughs> who I know of, like, and I'm like, yeah, it's not, that's not very often. But it shows you, it shows you people that um, value the sport over the bullshit. Right. I and like it, those ones. I mean, in general, I like the ones that will, like, it. And, uh, and that goes for every sport. That's why I can watch hockey even when my team's not... Uh, in the uh anywhere near the playoffs i mean how the you know red wings gave up but um if you like (laughs) if you like the sport or whatever you're in sometimes it doesn't matter win or lose i just Um, thought that was a or you just know people are good enough to take your take your take your thing even like oh i hope i win but this guy seems like he's good he could take my shit and that that's a good self-awareness of where the sport is too yeah, I think I think about like, could you imagine if Demetrius Johnson would have been like, "I want to fight Henry Cejudo because he's the best," even though I'm the champ. Like, would you have really believed? Oh, that? and then have your motherfucking Henry win. Yeah. Uh yeah, right. I no, yeah, but if this makes sense, um, oh, I don't. And this is, I'm not trying to talk shit about Henry, but I guess I'm going to. I, <laughs> I don't. He's not somebody that I would see a person doing that to. Does that make right. sense? No. I mean, he's a good fighter, obviously. Got Olympic gold. Got two belts. He's cocky as fuck now. Triple C. Um, Triple C. But, like, <laughs> um, I would never see – I don't think I could see anybody being like, oh, look at that guy. He deserves the best. Let's give him a chance. Like, I never thought of anybody thinking of Henry Suda that way. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, well, just imagine that's if, why like, he's uh, got two belts and a gold medal. Imagine if Brock Lesnar, right, would have said, "You know what? I want to fight Alistair Overeem because he's the best, even though I'm the champ." Like it's just, I've just thought about how crazy that sounds to me because, like, you just won the belt, but you've acknowledged that somebody else is can beat you for it, and you you yeah, call the person by name. I thought to, that was awesome. You have to understand. If yeah, but you have to understand something. The way I look at it is also is we're talking about somebody who has um. Okay, how do I put this? I've noticed like when you look at some UK fighters, whether it be an MMA or a fight or whatever, there's a level of respect for the whatever sport they're in that takes over that like cocky bullshit yeah. that happens and 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 like flat out americans we have this problem in an american sport like we don't we're too busy worrying about like how great we are that we that we don't worry about who we can be better than as far as sports so that's why when you see somebody that looks at who they can be better than and they strive to be the better person they usually end up being a really good champion you know what I mean? They're like, oh, no, I think you're good. Let's fight. I'll open it up. You know, that's why people that just continuously fight, as you know, with the belt or, I mean, even if we look at WWE and their stuff, when they would do open challenges and people fighting all the time, and when you have somebody that opens themselves up to anybody that's willing to give a shot, whether or not they're willing to, whether or not they'll keep that belt after that match, it shows that they have a great respect for what the sport is as a whole. Right. And that, that's what I was saying. I just... 
my point was being though, is if you imagine someone like Brock Lesnar, like saying couldn't, that about Alistair Overeem, couldn't because of the fact that it's Brock Lesnar's too much, too much like a USA cocky kind of guy. It just it sounds rude, but I couldn't see him being in that mindset of respecting the sport more. That's why I said, just imagine if it was. If can't done I can't like that. You don't can't. have to. My it, brain, my brain physically done. will not allow All right. It. <laughs> so All we're right. going to move on. Uh, Martin, uh, Martin and Gwyn, uh, uh, I can't, I'm sorry. Uh, so we did have uh, the Featherweight World Championship. Uh, Martin did win by KO over uh, Ko- Koyomi. Um, so that was kind of cool. That was like, that wraps up the 1FC card. Um, we do get to jump into predictions for UFC... Fight night one fifty six. So let's uh let's break it down, man. So we're gonna start with uh Enrique Barzola versus uh Bobby uh Moffat. Moffat. Go ahead. Prior to do that, by the way. Prior to us doing this, Cliff, you put out the scores as as it was four two, four two, three three, which you were wrong. Cliff, you are at four and two. Julie and I both are three and three. I I didn't put I don't remember ever putting out the scores out there, but all right, cool. Let's go. Who's your Who's your winner? <laughs> oh, was that to me? Sorry, I was looking at stuff. Um, we're going over the Moffat Barzola fight. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with mm, I'm gonna go with Barzola. I haven't seen enough of Moffat to know um to know more about him. However, I do like his nickname, the Wolf. <laughs> wow. What about cool you, nickname. Anthony? Um, give me a second here. Trying to get back over to that fight card. Um, I'm going to go Oscar as well. Is that the one we're talking about right now? Or no, no. We're, we're talking about our Barzola versus Moffat. Yeah. Yes. I chose I'll take, Barzola. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll take Moffat. I was going to take Moffat too. Cliff Moffat Barzola. All right. All right. So next up we have is Rodolfo Vieira versus Oscar Picota. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to take. I'll take the undefeated one in this one. I'm going to take Vieira, uh, Vera in this fight. Um, I'm choosing Oscar. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing. I got Piocha as well. Yeah. Cool. I'm <laughs> pulling up all my different And the game and the no. games begin. Uh, right. So we have Vulcan versus uh Latifi. Um Is this actually gonna happen? That's what I was wondering <laughs> too. We've been talking about this for like the last four cards. Um then I'm going to yep. UFC real quick. I'm gonna take the last three cards. This is the third time they've rematched it. It was June 1st, August 3rd, and now it's August 10th. Cool. Well, I'm going to take Latifi in this fight. Say that again, Cliff. I'm taking Latifi. 
Yeah, I got. Oh, yeah, that's who I've got. I had him last time too. I like him. I'm going Vulcan Ozdemir. Okay. And thus the game the game continues. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I love saying that. Uh so we have Luis Aguardo uh Gagori versus Humberto uh Bandene. Um I'm gonna take e- L E G in this fight. I'm gonna just I'm gonna start hmm. that big name. I'm gonna start I'm a, I'm picking leg. That's what I'm picking. Oh my god. Now I have to pick fucking Humberto, even if I wasn't going to, just because you're trying to make a leg happen. <laughs> Take the L even on principle. <laughs> Who are you taking to us? Humberto. Humberto. Uh, I'm Your taking reason. leg as well. Yeah, well, uh, see, I'm, I hope he, I hope like loses now, just because of. That's why I want, <laughs> I want leg totally to win. Right. I totally go want leg. leg, go leg. I hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> so our next next card is uh, Vincent Lequeck versus Platinum Mike Perry. Anthony, who do you Vincent got? Lukey, gosh. Um. I want to go last on this one, but it's no. Vincent Lukey. No, now you got to go first because you corrected me. Nope, I'm going last. I'm not talking. All right, Julia, who do you got? Oh, Platinum Perry. All right, Anthony, who do you got? Cliff, who did you say you got? <laughs> um, actually, you know what? I can't really decide. That's why I was kind of hoping that... I already kind of know who you're picking, so I was kind of hoping, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Luki in this one because I slaughtered his name. Um, I'm I'm I don't even know. I Luki's been a badass his last two fights getting knockouts. Um, but in Platinum Mike, when's the last time we played Platinum Mike Perry fight? Uh. He just went um, over April, out. April 27th. Uh, yeah, he was against Cowboy. Not Cerrone. Um, Alex Oliveira. I Alex was like, Oliveira. oh shit, I gotta... I gotta. It's funny too, because before that, he went against the other Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> and lost. <laughs> His arm popped out. Um... <laughs> well, that's when, we, that's when we all realized, oh shit. Donald Cerrone's people. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Vincent Luki. I'm actually surprised by that. I thought you would have definitely gone the other way. And our main event, which I'm pretty sure I know who we're all picking, Valentina Shoshenko versus Liz Carmooch. Um, I'm taking, I'm taking Valentina. Julie, who do you? Think? I'm, I'm, I'm really. You think I'm going to go against my wife and cause domestic problems? The hell's wrong with you? <laughs> and, of course, Anthony, he's taking Liz Carmooch. Um, You know what? Here's the thing. I've, I feel bad for Liz Carmooch because she's the first woman to fight with Ronda Rousey in, in the UFC. 
2013. She's also a Marine, so it's hard to go against her, but I can't go against Valentina Shevchenko, so I'm picking Shevchenko yeah. too. When you're like, oh, it's hard to go against her, I'm like, her last name isn't Shevchenko. I fixed it. <laughs> True. Well, with that being said, there's our predictions for the fights. All right, um, Anthony, do you want to get with your Lincoln love? Yeah, um, I do, but before then, Cliff, shouldn't we do something other than that? We'll get to that. Okay, we'll get that. My Lincoln love. Okay, my Lincoln love. Um, tomorrow, August 6th on ESPN, you got Dana White's Contender Series. You have two Nebraska boys on the Contender Series tomorrow. My good friend, Dwight Howard, or Dwight Joseph. Um, hopefully you get the, the win. He's fighting out at uh, Uriah Hall's greatest gym and you also got Derek Minner or Minor, one of those two and he's from out here in Nebraska too and he's been rumbling and tumbling people down right on um give them your plugs man where can they find you alright so before I give you my plugs we're gonna go to the same spiel as we always do 22 veterans die every day Cliff, you gave us, uh, we talked about this earlier today, like, you saw some numbers for the Air Force, um, but I want to, I don't want to stop giving the awareness of our brothers and sisters out there that are fighting a disease, a mental illness that we can't win. It's hard for us to win. Um, so, if you need to talk, but if you need anything, reach out to us. And not just veterans, you know, we, we got any kind of PTSD out there, or you just want to talk. I know Clifford, Julie, and I, we all suffer from PTSD in some sort of fashion. So we know what it's like out there. Julie, she likes to sometimes get away and do her thing and not talk to anybody. Cliff, Cliff likes to focus in that gym, and and when he's feeling kind of down in myself, I just, I blare my music, and I said, I don't want to talk to anybody. Um... We've all been there. We all we all have ways we cope with it. But one thing I can say about all three of us is we love to talk. That's why we're doing this podcast. We love to talk. And if you're having troubles, if you just need someone to, sh- to talk to, reach out to one of us. We'll always answer you. We'll never just reject you. But you can find me on Instagram at AnthonyLuhan1985. You can find me on Twitter and Snapchat at... Hey, Luhan1985, add me, I'll add you. Let's send some freaky stuff. And, Julie, where can they find you? Um, You guys can find me at, at a little less Chewbacca, as per usual, on Instagram. Uh, however, I am going to touch something, which is actually going to go into what you're going to bring after. Um, I think we all know what's been happening with the news as of late. Not going to go into whatever your beliefs are. However, I think we all need to take a step back. I think we all need to take a second. We need to breathe. And I think we all need to do a little self-policing of what the fuck's coming out of our mouth. I don't give a shit what side of the scale, what side of the belief scales you're on. I think we all need to take a second. Because we're going to bring it up in a moment, but there are a lot of people hurting right now because rhetoric's getting too wrong. We brought it up with the Colby Covington. Watch your fucking mouths. 
you don't want it said to you and you don't want your feelings hurt, then don't run it. We got to take more policing of ourselves, y'all. This goes with the whole mental illness and everything. We got to watch it. We got to watch our own. No one's doing it anymore. We got to do it. You're right. Um, you guys can find me on all your favorite social media platforms. Reach out to me um, at CM underscore Miller 85. Um, also, it's a, a little less Chewbacca. Hmm. A little less Chewbacca, right? At a little, yeah. little less Chewbacca. Um, you guys can find us here. I get the KO as well as uh, you can find me on Nerds at Roundtable. And you can find Julie and I talk about Frankensteiner, um, a part of Franken culture, um, as well as this podcast, too. Um, so, yes, we have to acknowledge kind of the bigger area of the MMA podcast, right? Over the weekend, obviously, we had some very horrific things happen not gonna dive in not gonna you know we're gonna acknowledge what happened uh a lot of people lost their lives at um el paso um as well as dayton and in chicago um we just want to put our condolences out to the families who have lost uh loved ones in these tragedies and we just want to take a moment of silence for those that we lost over the weekend All right, guys. Um, kind of a somber way to end this podcast. Do you guys want to tell them, tell the, tell the guys uh, bye? Why don't you fuck your mouths, y'all? Yeah, fuck you, Kobe Covington, twenty-two. And as always, good fight and good night. <laughs>